Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, you know, every once in a while you see something that you know is going to reverberate, okay? And as we get ready to start the college basketball season, uh, as he gets a little older, I think he just figures what the heck, and, and he's pretty much been a what the heck guy most of his life anyway. Uh, but uh, what Bob Knight just did was he basically was up on that Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. He turned to his left and he punched John Wooden right in the nose is what he did. So there you have the if you have the Mount Rushmore of coaches in college basketball, John Wooden's up there. So is Mike Krzyzewski. So is Bob Knight. Right? We can talk about who else is up there. You know, Iba, Rupp. You know, we can argue it. But um, Knight, in an interview that's coming up, says, I've, ne- I've never been a Wooden fan. This coach, you're talking about the Wizard of Westwood. I've never, now this is St. John. I've never been a Wooden fan. Now, UCLA has always harbored this secret that we've all known about, okay? And Bob decides that he wants everyone to know about that secret too. So uh, I have a lot of respect for Wooden as a coach, how he coached. He was a good coach, Knight said in an interview that's upcoming. And it's upcoming in an interview that uh, he did with Joe Buck for a cable show. But from then on, I don't mind saying it. I don't respect Wooden because he allowed Sam Gilbert to do whatever he wanted to recruit kids. One time he told me, and this is where now he makes it actually evidential that there's no more speculation about anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with Sam Gilbert. And I'm saying to myself, I sure would know how to damn deal with Sam Gilbert. Uh, In 1981, UCLA received a one-year probation and had a 1980 national championship game uh, vacated over... Gilbert's action, that was actually done and cited after Wooden had retired. The whole time he was there, he basically bankrolled the UCLA program. They used to go over and have parties at his house. They used to drive his cars, whatever they needed. Personally, I like John, Wooden said, uh, Knight said, as a person. But it isn't just John. It's the whole UCLA approach to recruiting. They told John, and I think this is how they did it. They said, John, don't worry about recruiting. We have people who take care of recruiting. You just coach the team. And what he's alluding to is how they got Jabbar, how they got Walton. And Sam Gilbert was a big, rich builder and booster. And John Wooden didn't want to know if you were at Sam's house. He didn't want to know if you had one of Sam's cars. He didn't want to know. He just wanted you on the court, abiding to his rules. And that meant cut your hair, play UCLA basketball, no hair, no beards, clear cut. One year, Walton went in and said, I'm not cutting my hair. And he said, well, it's been nice having you on the team. Uh, We'll miss you this year. He went and cut his hair the day before practice. 
Um, stuff like that. Now, if I put Bill Warren on here, he will he will go nuts about this, and he because he to him John Wooden's the greatest individual, taught him everything in life. But this is the great dark secret of UCLA, which has been known forever that they that Sam Gilbert took care of everything those players wanted, whether it was cause money, if they were in trouble, if they had problems in their lives, if they had problems with their families, with their girlfriends, with academics, John wouldn't handle the basketball. Sam handled everything else. And it was well known. And to the point where Usley was so powerful with their AD, JD Morgan, that if you got good in the West, they'd go after you. Remember, in those days, you had to win two games in your region in the West to get to the Final Four. So when Tarkanian got good, he sicked the NCAA on Tarkanian because they saw them as a threat because they wanted two easy games and then go to the Final Four and win two games and win the National Championship, which is what they did. And listen, they were great. They were some of the greatest teams of all time. You know, Jabbar, Walton, those guys, they were never losing. And they played beautiful, tremendously team-oriented, wonderful basketball. But what Knight talks about here goes back. So if you're talking about college basketball and the, the scandals of today, the greatest program in the history of college sports, the greatest winning program, the winningest team in the history of American sports, of any kind. They won 10 championships in 11 years. That sport was built on some very, very shaky recruiting of the best players in America, including Walton, including, at the time, Lou Alcindor, who changed the game so dramatically that when he got to college, they took the dunk out just because they knew what would happen if it was in. So they took the dunk out. Remember, Walton and Jabbar couldn't dunk in college. That's where they got to the alley-oop. You know, they throw the ball up, and they would just, you know, put it in. You know, that whole thing. You know, if you watch, you know, Wooden or watch Walton, you know, in the championship game against Memphis with Greg Lee throwing him lobs, and he'd just, like, flip it in on either side. What Walton would do is he would wink left eye, right eye, and he would, which would mean what side he wants him to flip the ball to, and he would just go get it and put it in a basket. So, but here Knight attacks the saint, the untouchable saint, the wizard of Westwood, the guy who is considered the most honorable, and he was, to everyone's, you know, regard, a wonderful man, and very competitive, you know, almost considered saintly. And he stayed out of this. He kept his, he didn't do it. He didn't want to know about it. He didn't know about it. He didn't deal in it. He didn't have any information on it. He went home at night, not anything that touched his practice. Sam never got involved in anything to do with his basketball team, never told him to play a kid, not play a kid, never involved himself in any way in it. He just took care of his part of it, and Coach Wooden took care of his part of it. But here's Knight, and the one thing about Knight you're going to get on is bullying, no question. His vicious temper, no question. His you know, treatment of players, which went across the line, no question. He never 
ever cheated for a player in his life one minute. He would not cheat for a player. He would not buy a player. If a player asked for something, he would stop recruiting him. He might punch him. And they went to class. I mean, he took his team out. And I remember one time when he took his team into a dinner. And then he asked how many people actually took the time to write the people a note of thank you who had put together the dinner for his basketball team. And he t- when he's found no one, he was furious with his team. So, I mean, stuff like that. So my point is, he has a very strange line of what's right and wrong because he used to rail against cheaters. Like he knew Lou Henson broke rules, so it drove him crazy. He used to go crazy about him and stuff like that. And to him, it was okay for him to scream and yell and rant and throw chairs and stuff like that. That was okay. And it wasn't okay, but with him it was okay. But if you were a cheater, that, forget it. That you couldn't do. So, I could see where the wooden thing really bothers him and annoys him. And that's why now I think he speaks out about it because he, that part of it gets, and listen, he's not perfect. I mean, people talk about whether he treated players. He didn't treat players great. He didn't. He was tough on assistants. He was tough on players. He was tough, very tough, overly tough. And, you know, over the line. But you could see this. And I can see this getting a lot of attention because it's A, it's night. A, he also doesn't just consider it speculation. He's also telling you that Wooden said to him, I don't know what to do about Sam Gilbert. So admitting that he was there and part of the, knew all about what was going on, rarely is there anybody who would put Wooden even alluding to Gilbert. So in this time where, Everyone looks at college basketball and says, oh, what are we going to do? You realize this stuff goes back all the way to not even there. It goes back way, way, way before that. We can go back and talk about it in the 50s. We probably could talk about it in the 30s and 40s if I were around to talk about it. But the point is we know it's gone on forever. And it's this whole sanctimonious idea of you know being Harvard Monday to Friday and then be Alabama in football on Saturday or be Harvard Monday to Friday and be UCLA in basketball on Saturday and Sunday so this idea of you know having this double life almost and no one had it more than UCLA did during their incredible incredible dominance of having every one of these incredible players just dropped on Coach Wooden's doorstep, whether it was Jabbar, Walton, Wicks, Rowe, go down the line for Lucius Allen, you know, Lynn Shackelford, go, you know, go back to Gail Goodrich and Erickson, Fred Slaughter. Uh, I mean, we could go through all of them to Richard Washington, Marcus Johnson. Uh, you know, all these great, great players that he had. Henry Bibby, I mean, just down the line. Great, great talents. So, Coach Wooden's gone. Coach Knight's still here. And what he did to open this basketball season is he took a, moved a couple of steps to his left on Mount Rushmore and whacked Coach Wooden right in the nose to open up the season.